2: everybody welcome back to half street high heat thank you for joining us as always this is amanda you can follow me on twitter at a white seven eight seven seven i am joined as always by my splendid co-hosts nick and ryan you can get that's them us. on twitter at natchat. yep that's you splendid um, we got it on Nat recording Chat, everybody show. <laughs> this show's twitter handle is at half street high heat um, we're doing this for the DMV Sports Network. Their Twitter handle is at DMV underscore SN. Make sure to check them out and give them a follow and check out the, the website. as Well, DMV dot com. How are you guys doing?
3: I am doing scrumptious.
2: Scrumptiously. <laughs> to be an <laughs>
3: I am doing scrumptious. I went to Chili's. I got their five dollar <laughs> frozen, strawberry, frozen margarita. strawberry margarita baby. At select locations only, ask your server. Um,
4: and yeah, it was great.
2: That is I love exciting, Chili's. I'm
4: so upset I couldn't make it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah.
2: Well, try to soldier on. Terry we missed all have you. Our to bear. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> let's get this started.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's cheating on me.
2: <laughs> oh, my. All this drama for the listeners to hear. You guys don't want to hear the behind the scenes, the behind the scenes yeah. drama. So I saw Ryan, on Twitter, like never to, to trust Orion. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see I tweeted that at you? <laughs>
1: so
2: yeah, it was random. Going to fight. <laughs> All right. This is definitely the content everyone's here for. I'm sorry if you guys missed us last week. We have been switching back and forth on different uh, podcast recording software, trying to find one that works well for us. And last week's was. Was a miss, not a hit. So uh, sorry about that. But we're back, and uh, in honor of our return, Ryan, would you like to give us the weekend recap?
3: Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the Marlins took two of three against the Brewers, including beating them sixteen to nothing. And then the one game the Brewers won, they tried to troll the Marlins on social media, and it backfired immediately because they were trolling a the worst team in baseball and to a team they just lost sixteen to nothing too. The Marlins then followed up again swept by the Braves. They are 23-40. and 40. The Nationals enter the Padres series, winning 9-11. of 11. FP said for the 1 millionth time that the season had changed and everything is coming up Millhouse Um Positive Nats fans thought the team was still in 4th place was surging back. Things went back to what they've been all season. The first two games of the Padres series, they had bad defense. Jan Gomes just did, I don't, I don't have a word for it um do little blue a save and then the Nats bounce back and won in fashion the next two games they are 30 and 35 the Mets took two three against the Giants and the Rockies they are the best stretch of their season but in Mets fashion there's always drama they got into a weird fake brawl where the benches cleared like twice because they threw at Desmond and Daniel Murphy was the first person screaming on the field And those two are keeping alive the Nats-Mets rivalry because Nats-Mets rivalry really doesn't exist anymore. So shout out to Desmond and Murphy. They are 32 and 33. In second place, we have the Braves, whose rotation fell apart multiple times last week. Um, They dropped two or three to the Pirates in large part because everyone on that rotation was getting lit up. But reinforcements came in the form of a very ugly beard. His name is Dallas Keuchel to a one year deal who should make his debut pretty shortly and they're going to expect about 100 innings out of him. So the Braves are now the best team division in my opinion, do not at me. They are 36 and 29. After losing five straight, the Phillies bounce back with back-to-back series wins against the Padres and the Red. Their bullpen had a Nats level meltdown today preventing a sweep of the Braves, which is funny because I didn't know they have meltdowns because their entire fan base swore up and down that they're getting Craig Kimball, who, by the way, signed with the Cubs, and that they were going to be the best team in baseball. So a little confused about that. But the Phillies are in first place again, and they are 37-28. and 28, And there you have it.
2: All right. Well, I just want to point out to anyone listening that Ryan said don't at him, but he doesn't mean it. He wants you to at him. He loves arguing with people on Twitter more than anything in the world. So do
4: at <coughs> him. Come it's not af- an argument, because they always lose. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, so the Nats definitely looking a little better of late, but, you know, still, still in fourth place, still pretty far out of it. I don't know. I, I'd like to be more optimistic than I am, but it looks like the status quo in the division is just going to keep holding week after week.
3: I mean... Uh, up until I think, like, today, they were, actually, they still might be closer to last place than they are at first place, and they won 9 of 11, and I think 11 of 15 overall. It's a pretty good stretch, and they're still in fourth place. They're still closer to last place. Like, they dug themselves into a crater.
2: Yeah, I don't know that it's something they can come back from, even if they continue to play good ball, you know, better the way they are now. it's I don't think it's going to be enough at this point.
3: It would take an unsustainable pace for them to come back, and then a collapse from the Phillies and the Braves for them to actually come back, because they have to win the division to make the playoffs, and that's right. Confirmed. They're
4: They're still closer to last place than they are first place. Thank you, Nick. You're welcome.
2: Indeed. (laughs) indeed. So polite. All right, let's move on to our good, bad, and ugly segment. Um, Let's talk about the good this week. Tanner Rainey. Um, has been a bit of a bright spot for us. Um, his last seven outings, he's got seven innings pitched, no earned runs, two hits, three walks, 11 strikeouts, and a 0.71 whip. Those are some nice numbers,
3: which is like so random because he was so bad with the Reds. But one man's trash is another man's treasure, and like his stuff looked pretty good. Like his curveball's got a lot of life to it, so is his fastball, and like. He's kind of an embarrassing dudes up there. Granted, like, it hasn't been exactly against good teams, but it's so refreshing seeing someone come up and not suck. Because I feel like every single person they've called up for the bullpen has just been lit to pieces. So this is a pretty nice touch.
4: Yeah, it, it's very random, and it's even more random for a Nats prospect or trade acquisition to actually pan out. Um, but I mean, obviously, it's a good thing. We're not complaining by any means, but like, to, doesn't mean he's like an automatic eight, eighth inning guy or a closer just because he's putting up these numbers. You can't like put too much pressure on him because he will crumble.
2: Yeah, but yeah, it is I nice mean... to see some good some good work coming out of the bullpen. They have the bullpen has been quite a lot better <clears> the past <throat> week or two. I
4: mean, we need a new closer, but
2: <laughs> oh, that might be a <laughs> tad premature.
4: Nope, we need an advisor. The trigger. Yeah, I
2: think that uh, I think poor Doolittle is poor Doolittle is a bit overworked right now. But I think what he needs is more rest and not to be warmed up in every damn game, even when he's not going to pitch. Do do little. I think Dom. I, oh, for God's sake, people.
3: Do do. <laughs> I mean, it's that, just you know. I saw a...
2: Dom tweeted out earlier that that I think it was in Every win the Nats have had this season, except five, Doolittle has pitched, and he's warmed up in every game they've won, except two, which is just absurd.
3: See, the the sad thing is, like Doolittle's arm is going to fall off, and like they have to maximize that value, but it's going to keep happening because Davy is just trying to save his job, and the only person he can go to in the bullpen is Doolittle. So the second things start to falter, it's He's like smashing the Doolittle button. Just get Doolittle ready. Like, I think it was Saturday night, he threw one pitch. They told me you don't trust Juan or Swero to get one more yeah, out. Yeah, he'd only given up the tying one run... run. Yeah, and they're still about like three at that point, right?
2: Yeah, they were up by three, and there was one. He had given up one run, and he needed one out. I mean, I understand <coughs> things get totally off the rails, but you should. I don't... You can't just warm Doolittle up all the time. And even just to throw one pitch, he still had to get hot. I mean, you're just. You're just wrecking Doolittle, and you can already see his performance starting to fall off as a result. They need to lay off Doolittle for a while.
3: Oh, absolutely, but they're not going to, so the poor guy is just going to get rammed into the ground. They
4: really really need to lay him off because he's terrible.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just... You you guys throw people under the bus faster. (laughs) He needs some rest. I don't think he needs to be... He needs to be laid off.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
4: He can can go rest at the farm upstate.
2: Yeah, well, since we've got so many better options in the bullpen, I'm sure they can afford to do that.
4: Yeah, Tanner Rainey, we were just talking about him.
2: Yeah, and didn't we just say he shouldn't be used as a closer? Didn't that just happen? I feel like we just said that. Uh, He's ready. (laughs) He's ready. Call him up. All right, so instead of the bad for our segment this week, we're going to do the good is Tanner Rainey and the gooder. Mm. is brian dozier all of a sudden who seems to have flipped a switch and in this last seven games is batting he's got a 368 455 789 slash line seven Pretty hits good. two homers six rbis and only three strikeouts that's absolutely insane speaking of randomness how did we get from <clears throat> what he was doing before this
3: you know in his career he's always had like a huge second half. He's always been like a slow starter. So now in June we're just seeing that second half and like I was watching the game today. I was like holy crap, when when did Dozier start hitting 230? And like <laughs> this is who he is. He's a 230 240 guy. He's going to hit over 20 bombs. He's going to play good defense and he's finally on pace for that and like now doesn't look like a terrible signing. So like he's starting to click, he's starting to relax and the rest of the lineup's starting to click. So like that's benefiting him. And then he's getting some uh, protection around him. And, like, the dude's just hot. I mean, he went 0 for 4 today, but, like,
4: that's baseball.
0: Yeah. And he's yeah.
3: playing
4: really I mean, well. And it's perfect timing, too, because he's building up his trade value. So, wait, well, wait, exactly wait, what we need. Right there. Did you know his first name is James?
2: James Brian Dozier?
3: His name is James Brian Dozier. Oh, my.
4: I, I don't know how to feel right now.
2: We need to trade them. I can't
4: trust them anymore. I I can't trust (laughs) them. It's making me hard. You know, another thing that I I think actually,
2: (laughs) I wonder if uh, the fact that we've been winning lately, you know, there've been a lot more wins and losses in the last couple of weeks. Everybody's starting to relax a little bit. It's not, everybody's not so tight. Everybody's not pressing so hard. You know, obviously there's still a lot of pressure on them because, you know, they're, they're down really far, but it's back as far as they are in June you need some collapsing from the teams ahead of you. But I think in that they're not thinking it's over is the feeling I get from the team right now. And Para seems to have been a great addition as a clubhouse guy. In addition to being playing really well on the field, he seems to have kind of loosened everybody up. There's a lot more smiling and playing around in the dugout. And they just seem like they're having fun right now, which they haven't seen. What? Yeah.
3: He's, he's brought along the dance train after the home runs which uh i like i i mean it's corny it's so freaking corny and i mean does that stupid driving thing just mm-hmm. oh my god just so i get so triggered right here i get so triggered when i hear his name but like they're pl- they're having fun like the first yeah. like, like you said like the first month of the season they all just looked so miserable like shell shocked like this got hit by a train but like now they're starting to play well and, like a lot of them are still trying way too hard to overcompensate for the fact that their bullpen is just terrible and going to blow every lead they have. But, like, yep. even, like the lineup's doing their job. Like, they're playing well, and, like, you saw it today. They had four home runs in a row, and they're all just losing their minds in the dugout. Yeah, like, that
2: was fun. For... <laughs> I was listening on yeah, the of... radio, so I didn't get to actually see it, but I, I have it on my DVR so I can watch it
4: later. Of all the fourth-place teams, the Nats certainly had the most fun. <laughs>
2: Yes. <laughs> Way to piss on everyone's Wheaties there, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> Watch You're
3: the ugly. four home runs on mute because Bob's call for them are
4: so bad. <laughs> Bob and FP are terrible. Oh, I hate them so you guys much. Think Especially everything is terrible
2: tonight. It's very Debbie Downer. No,
4: accent. no, no. Everybody. No, no, no. That's
3: false. We just Charming did Dave good and gooder. Like, yeah, now Earth. let's get to the ugly. <laughs> yeah. Let's
2: get to the ugly. Okay, ugly. Victor Robles. In his last seven, slash line, 174 out, 200, 391, with four hits and eight strikeouts.
3: Y'all remember after the second Dude, game you. of the season when Nats fans thought he was the second coming of Mike Trout? <laughs> and then... Yeah, he's not even the second coming start, of Juan Soto. <laughs> he's the second coming of Michael Taylor at this point. And, like, oh, that's I just, just the,
4: the whole... I mean, the whole... <laughs> I remember I said the episode one, and that one guy got so pissed...
2: <laughs> I remember that I had I, forgotten
4: that. he got so oh. pissed. Yeah, He's yeah that like, guy I was, was speaking of anymore. triggered. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, got so was... triggered. Yeah, but yeah, wait, that can, comment
2: can. was enough to make him not listen to us. It's a good thing he stopped because we've said way worse stuff than that.
4: Yeah, but where is he now? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> a comment pretty, about pretty convenient.
3: Con- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. He had a hot week, and then he started playing like a rookie who's never played professional baseball for an entire season. Who, who would have thought this was going to happen? Oh, wait. Me.
2: going could have received this? Yes. Oh, well, like, I think mean, He's like, definitely having a rough yeah. go of it. I, I think he's going to be He'll fine. Go. He's going to be a good major leaguer, but he's a rookie, and he's playing like it. Most guys at his level of development aren't playing every day. And so we're seeing a lot of the yeah. mistakes that they should be working those kinks out in the minors and he's working them out in the majors. So it is what Oh, it I is mean, so. I'm not
3: going to like I'm not going to like Karen, the guy like I do most people, because he's what, like 21 <laughs> years old? Turn the like,
2: yeah, he's still. I
3: just I just feel like so many people should have seen like this was going to happen. Like, oh, look, a, str- a rookie is not living up to these super high expectations. He's playing like a rookie. Like,
2: I don't know. I just
3: feel like How more people should have seen it.
2: And I feel (laughs) like maybe Robles, yeah, Robles in particular, I think had the expectations were so unrealistic because I think if he hadn't gotten hurt in the minors last year, we wouldn't even have seen Soto. We would have seen Robles, and so people had—he was our top prospect. People had these crazy expectations for him, and after what Soto was able to do last year, and Robles was supposed to have been better than Soto, people just thought he was going to come in and you know do what Soto did last year, and Soto's not even doing exactly what Soto did last
3: year Robles certainly was. and then also you yeah, add the fact that like all the people Rizzo could have traded uh, Robles for and he didn't and that kind of added on to everything and then you yeah, factor in that Soto's had the historic season so everyone's like alright Victor Robles he's going to come out on fire and then he did the first week so everyone's like oh my god so yeah um, I'm looking for a good second half halfer just a for good, a good second year for
4: him. Tonight. Thanks. I, was I say went his to really sound hard. effect wasn't as good as mine, but that's all right.
2: I guess I that's never right. you. <laughs> <Tell a second>. <laughs> 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 all right, so that was our good, gooder and ugly for this evening. All right, let's talk a little bit about gooder.
3: <laughs> good-er. Good, good, good
2: and ugly, yeah. So, let's talk a little bit more about the bullpen. We've touched on it a bit so far. Um, there were a couple of bullpen moves. They, <laughs> they're both laughers. They signed Fernando Rodney, and they brought Rosenthal back from the DL and reinstated him.
4: Your savior is here! <laughs> I just Fernando Rodney. Think. 14
3: innings, 9.42 ERA, a negative oh. 0.6 war. Oh. I mean, we'll, pro- we'll probably never see him in like I knew they were going to make a June move. Just, like, try the bolster thing, sack on June 1st, but, like, Fernando, dude, just <laughs> hang him up. Like, your time's <laughs> done, dude.
4: <laughs> just yeah. call the like players. Like, Jason Wirth yeah. going
2: to play in the Mariners minor league system. Just stop. Yeah.
4: Oh, take uh, Trevor Rosenthal with you.
3: Oh, yeah. my God. What, like, what do we have to do to get rid of him?
2: Oh, a Rosenthal? I yes. don't know. I think it's going to take some sort of I don't know. After the nuclear I mean, holocaust, get rid of him bro- in the what skull sense? Skull the no, <laughs> He's not going I mean, like, anywhere. I don't know. Rizzo inexplicably loves him. I don't get it.
3: Um, I'll tell you why. He's making nine million dollars.
2: <laughs> yeah, so but like, he's making nine million dollars whether he's pitching for you or not. So don't let him pitch for you because he's actively hurting your team. If you have to pay the guy, money, a... you can at least have him not hurt you while he's doing it.
3: He gave up twelve earned runs and thirty-six uh he had a thirty-six ERA this season when he was up. In double A, by the way, this is a professional proven pitcher in double A, he had a five eight ERA in nine innings. He gave up nine hits, six runs, two home runs, three walks. He also hit two more people and he had a whip of one three.
2: Yep,
4: he's major league ready. Let's call him up. Like, <laughs> call
2: him they, up, he's ready. Uh, Reinstate him. And then they his sent out last... like a proud tweet from the, the team Twitter account, like, we've brought back Rosenthal, did you see yeah, the ratio? The, of the
4: new social media team is still a joke. Oh, they're so bad, but not nearly as bad
3: as um, Davy saying, you know, he was at a good spot, his last two outings, he pitched really well. The last huh. two outings Rosenthal had in AA were the only two times when he threw more strikes
4: than balls. <laughs>
2: I just can't imagine they're gonna actually let him pitch unless we're up by like nine runs or something. I can't imagine gonna He's gonna get cut. No, like the the- the- just when
1: they gotta cut him. <laughs> They've
2: gotta cut him. At least Dozier, who we've been bitching about all all season, is starting to round into form. And like, yeah, Ryan, day, the
4: Amanda water. said a bad word. <laughs> Dang.
2: It's after ten p.m. Night, my bad word filter doesn't work after ten p.m. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, we've been complaining all season about Dozier, but he's finally starting to produce for them, so you can at least feel a little bit better about the money they spent. But Rosenthal, I he said he's—if he's—you're going to have to pay him that kind of money. It's better to pay him and have him not hurt your team than pay him and have him hurt your team. They need to just let it go. It's not going to work.
3: No Truth. arguments from me on that.
2: <laughs> all right, we all agree on something. It happens about once per episode. Yep, there's
4: the nice right, one. Next
2: <laughs> our next topic we're going to talk about is is fun. This one is our I disagree. Pretenders I pretenders. disagree. No. <laughs> this will not be fun! <laughs> anyway, uh, Nick, why don't we start with you? Um, pick a team who you think is a pretender and one you think is a real pretender.
4: Don't tell me what to do. Um, okay, so the way I'm looking at this, obviously a lot of teams still in the picture. We're in early June. But I'm only going to pick or focus on teams that are 500 or above as far as my contenders or pretenders. So Nats are not included. Um, But the big thing for me when I'm looking, just scrolling through, obviously I don't watch every team, is uh, run differential can really be telling. Um, When you you look at something like this, like the Indians are, they're only one game above 500, but they're negative six run differential. And then you get to... Some other teams and like the Cubs, they're 66, uh, plus 66 run differential. So, run differential can really be telling. I mean, uh, obviously, if your team has blowout wins that pad your stats, but for this versus that's kind of what I'm looking at. So, when I'm thinking contender, um, I want a team that's battle-tested, that knows how to win, has a lot of veterans, a lot of excitement. So I'm just going to stick with my early season pick and say that the St. Louis Cardinals are still contenders. Um, They're probably in—no, scratch that. They are in the toughest division in baseball um, in the NL Central with the Cubs and Brewers at the top, and even the Reds, who are in last place, they're 29-35, and but— the Reds have a plus 33 run differential, which is kind of crazy when they're in last place in six games under 500. But regardless, Cardinals are in a very tough division. I think they're set up for success. They have great players with Goldschmidt, it's Ozuna, vets um, like Yachty and Adam Wainwright. Uh, I think um, kind of like what we expected with the NL East, the NL Centrals just beating up on each other. Um, and the Cardinals are kind of a victim of, to that, but I still think they're very much real and they have work to do if they want to get a wild card spot or even be contenders for the division, but I don't think they're a team to sleep on. Um they're still 20 and 13 at home. They struggle on the road is which is really what's hurting them, but they're 11 and 19 away from St. Louis. So they need to figure that out if they want to have any success in the dog days of summer going forward, but I still think they're very real. And my pretender Pretender. Uh, pains me to say it, but, well, I was going to do Padres because I think um they're 33-33 and 33 right now. And obviously with the Hosmer signing two years ago and Machado this year, and you have young, exciting players like Paddock and Tatis, um, it's really exciting and you want to root for them because they're fun and it's a new team. But uh I've said this before. I think a success for them and specifically playoff success this year for them is going to do more harm than good. And I understand that might sound a little weird, but if you arrive too early, then you're gonna set expectations way too high. And then they're never gonna be able to reach it. And it's kinda of like what we saw with the Nats. The Nats finally hit the postseason, it's like, alright, we gotta win a World Series. It's like we can't just get there and like work and progress. Um, So I don't think the the Padres are set up for a deep run, especially um, in the dog days of summer. And it's still a tough division and the Dodgers are by far and away ahead. Uh, But I think the three teams Uh, after the Dodgers, the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, and Padres, I think they're all pretenders, even though they're all 500 or above. It's just, they're kind of just the definition of mediocrity at that point.
1: All
2: right. How about you, Ryan?
4: Yeah,
3: so uh, I forgot my phone was on mute there for a second. (laughs) So my team for the contenders is the team that everyone thought was a fluke last year. They thought they beat up on just the terrible, terrible AL. Um, They are tied for first place in the AL East. They have the best uh, starting pitching ERA. They have the best bullpen ERA. Um, They also have some huge players on the IL, and they're still contending. They're still beating up on the Red Sox. They have a winning record against teams that currently have a playoff uh, playoff spot. They also have a plus 96 run differential. They are the Rays. The Rays are here, the Rays are legit, they're a young team, um, they have a stupid deep farm system, and their pitching is so freaking good that they can beat any other team in baseball, and they've proved that time and time again, and that they are here, and they are going to be a threat for the entire season, and I expect them to win the wild card game. You heard it here first, the Rays are the contenders, and they are very, very legit. And then my contender is another AL, sorry, pretender is another AL team. They currently have a playoff spot. They have the second wildcard spot. Um, it's a fluke. They are 10-18 on the road. They have a losing record against teams that are above 500, which, you know, if you're a fake team, that's going to happen. And that is the Texas Rangers. Um, They're 34-30. and I don't know how they're 34-30. They're and nine and a half games back of the Astros. They're just not that good. They are going to sell at the deadline. Um, I think Joey Gallo just went on the I.L., so they're only good player. Yeah, um, it's gone, so that's going to hurt them. They're a surprise in June, but their nice little run is
4: going to end very shortly, and they will go back to who they're supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could argue the Twins, but aside from the Twins, the Rangers are probably the biggest surprise, I would say. Oh, yeah, easily.
2: Yeah, gotcha. Okay, well, I'm going to go with, for my contender, um, the Yankees, who you were just talking about Tampa, who's tied with them right now in the ALEs. Um, The Yankees have performed extremely well, even given the extreme number of injuries they've dealt with. Because
4: they're not an excuse. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: exactly, and uh, there. And I can't stand the Yankees, but I'm sh- I'm very surprised to see how successful they've been in light of the situation they found themselves in. They um they're they have a plus sixty nine run differential. They're forty and twenty.
4: Nice, very nice run differential. <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Um, you know they're just. I think they're for real. I mean Tampa too. I think it's going to be really interesting to watch that division as we get down the to September to see who wins it. Um, whoever doesn't win it is you know, going to certainly be in wild card contention. So we'll see what happens. But I think that the Yankees are, are legit this year, and my pretender is the NL East leading Philadelphia Phillies, who have the worst winning percentage of Homer.
4: Oh, Holy shit! Sorry, five sixty
2: nine.
3: <laughs> David Ortiz just oh, got so. shot. Sorry. Wait, what? And
2: so the only <laughs>
3: yeah. The- Sorry, sorry. Breaking man, news. I I just got enough, yeah, David Ortiz was just shot.
2: Oh my god, what? Did
3: he die? No, it just said wounded. Sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you like that, but I just saw that.
2: That's awful. Oh my gosh. We'll, Jeez. we'll watch for updates and we'll talk about it if anything else comes out. That's awful. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, Anyways, yes, I made what the was talking about oh, Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> so Thank god other you didn't choose the division. Red Sox as
4: your pretenders.
2: <laughs> I know, right? That would have just been so wrong at that moment. Um, the only other team that has even close to the same winning percentage that's leading a division is Milwaukee, and we just talked about how incredibly difficult the NL Central is. The NL East is powder puff division comparatively speaking, and they still have a worse winning percentage than the Brewers do. So I, I don't think Phillies for real. They're 37 and 28, but I think if the rest of the NL East were performing as they were expected to, the Phillies would not be would not even be leading the division. So they are my pretender.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's seeming, with the Phillies, it, it it's kind of like the Braves last year. Like The Braves didn't necessarily win the division. The rest of the NLEs just didn't do anything to put up a fight.
2: They just, did, they just didn't lose the division.
4: <laughs> right, yeah, basically. So we'll see if the Keiko signing swings the momentum back towards the Braves or uh, if the Phillies the can the hold Phillies- on pitching is so bad.
2: Yeah, it's really like, bad. Oof. It makes if you pay attention to it it makes you feel a little bit better about art. You're like, "Oh, well."
4: I mean, but they have the best pitcher in baseball, Nick Pavetta. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah, the
2: silence was deafening. I, I
4: just <laughs> you, you can laugh.
3: <laughs> I mean, he just he just threw a complete game shutout, so like clearly he is elite. Um so Lawyered.
2: <laughs> so, Can't
3: spell elite without Nick Pavetta.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, right. All right. Let's, before we move on, yeah, let's take a right. moment. To yeah, stop right. And Get real. Remi- <laughs> to stop and remind everyone that we are uh, doing this for the DMV Sports Network and we are part of their library of podcasts, which includes shows we about are? all the sports teams in the area. We are um so Yay. make sure to check them out wherever you get your podcasts um please and also if you don't mind taking a minute we'd love to see your feedback on our show so subscribe leave us reviews appreciate it. so let's talk next about all-star voting you guys been voting
3: all-star voting it's open google MLB All-Star voting and it'll come up you do right on Google. Shout out MLB, give me my paycheck for that. But uh yeah, I have not voting.
2: Right on the Google. It is
4: my you know. civic duty right to vote, and I take my civic duty very seriously. So I make sure I vote every single chance I get.
2: Wow. <laughs> but, <I'm> very proud.
4: <laughs> no, actually they left me for adoption. <laughs> Oh. <clears throat> well,
3: anyway. so what What used to be really really grim um, is looking pretty good like, uh, oh, Max is back to pitching <laughs> <laughs> Max is pitching back like an all-star Soto's on absolute terror now if he keeps calling up he'll be like that uh, he'll be an all-star and Anthony Radone should be an all-star this year he is the second best third baseman in the Now. Nolan Arenado is just having an absolute ridiculous season right now. So he's going to start because he's Nolan Arenado. But Anthony Redone will be the backup third baseman. And Juan said will be the starting left fielder. You heard it here first, folks.
2: So let's talk about how it, we can yeah. it's I mean, tough
4: really because things.
2: there's any chance. It,
4: it it's all it's tough because like where is his position? I'm not saying he's undeserving by any means, but it just the way the all-star voting works, like outfielders, it's a little bit easier because you just vote for an outfielder and they'll kind of vote for an outfielder and they'll figure it out later. But with voting for Howie, he's played so many different positions this year. So it's like when you're voting for him, what position are you voting him in? Because you vote by position, obviously you don't vote for eight, nine different players. Um, so I think that's kind of hurting him, not... Again, not saying he doesn't deserve it because he's been amazing this year, but it, that's going to be the thing that hurts him. Issues. He has
3: more home runs than Machado, Betts, Donaldson, Riemucho, Blackman, Braun, Carpenter, and like he's having a really good year, but he's a role guy, and so like he, yes, he's having a great year, but he doesn't really play enough, or he's not going to get the attention, and not going to be an All Star, like. It would yeah, be like a little story should, like if he, he actually makes 325 it.
2: 325 right now, you know, he's hitting 325 with more home runs than a lot of the biggest names in baseball. I just I know that you know guys who aren't well known don't make the All Star team because it's a right popularity contest. But he deserves it.
4: And like the only one I can really compare him to is like Jed Lowry was an All Star last year, but and he was kind of a utility guy, but he still played the majority of his games at second base. And I don't know how he's breakdown off the top of my head. Um, and it's like not in front of me or anything, but I would assume. I mean, I couldn't even tell you what where is he played in the majority of his games. First base he, at this point? He's played.
3: It's to just move. he's played like 17 I, at first, 14 at third, 13 at second.
4: Yeah, so he's not beating out the first base names. Because, obviously, you have a lot of star power at first base, regardless of their numbers compared to Howie's. So, I mean, and if, I guess maybe he has a shot up. he's considered a second baseman. But, I mean, again, that's just the thing that's hurting him. It's just what position is he? does he fit in. Um, so, he also maybe... Hasn't... Go ahead. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I thought you were done.
3: My bad. Um, he also hasn't played enough games to be qualified in any statistical category.
4: So, like, Ooh, that's also going to hurt as know. well. Yeah. That's interesting, yeah. So maybe he'll get there, but obviously since voting's open now, <clears throat> I mean, he's not getting those votes. But to yeah, Ryan's other point, um, Juan Soto has a legitimate shot to start. And as much... It's not that I, I enjoy hating on the Nats, it's just, like, I'm very realistic when I come when it comes to like all star game stuff like that, it's just a popularity contest and aside from like Max, we don't really have a, a popular big name person on our team anymore. Um but looking at everyone else, I mean obviously Yelich and Cody Bellinger are like a lock to start at this point. But Juan Soto could realistically be your starter in left field.
3: It's it's gonna be tough because you're going to have all the Braves fans spamming for Acuna, and then you're going to have the Mets fans voting for Jeff McNeil. But, like, if he continues hitting how he was, like, he kind of had a quiet Padres series, but, like, if he keeps going on that tear, like, he's going to start. Like, his OPS is, like, 890. Like, his numbers are pretty solid.
4: Yeah. And I think of a really good shot. If you compare the numbers between Soto and Acuna, which they're – Forever going to be compared side by side. Um, like Soto's arguably had a better 162 game span than Acuna, but unfortunately for him, Acuna is becoming the bigger name just because he's the leadoff guy. He always he's known for the leadoff bombs and whatnot, and the extension and basically all the the media coverage is on his side. And with Soto going on the run, he did. Um, in the past month or so, like you didn't really hear about it outside of like NAT circles. It wasn't like for, oh Juan, Juan Soto's hot. It 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 was just like, meh.
3: Yeah, and there's you got um because of that like the Nats are in fourth place. Um, so whenever like team struggling, people aren't gonna pay as much attention to. You. They're only gonna talk about the right. negative stuff. Uh, Acuna Braves are hot. Acuna is also a five tool player. Juan Soto, mm-hmm. like throughout this part of his career, he's only been a one-tool player. He's an elite hitter; everything else is kind of struggling. Where Ron Acuna, he's a great defender. He's got a good arm. He's got speed. He can hit, and he has power. So, like that's why he's going to get more attention, especially since the way he like transformed the entire Braves. And so, like even though Soto's numbers are better, that media attention and Acuna being the more bare complete player gets him so much more hype, even though this season. So it's been better, and so had the better one sixty-two games. But
4: me. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I digress.
2: I agree with all that. He's, he just doesn't get the play outside of local circles that Acuna does. So, and it, it's everyone knows this is nothing more than a popularity contest. It's the only reason that why Anthony Rendon has never been an All Star.
3: is an All Star every year of his career.
4: Yeah, and it, Ryan probably won. mentioned the larger point is that the Nats are in fourth place. So, like, regardless of uh, whether Howie or Juan Soto earn it, I mean, the Nats are a fourth-place team. The priority is going to be teams are in first or second or at least a competitive third. It's just how it is, how it's going to be. Once you get to the fourth fourth-place teams, it's more of, all right, we got to pick somebody. And, like, we have guys that deserve it, obviously, but, I mean, we're not going to have five, six All-Stars. It's just not going to happen. Not going to
2: happen. My right.
4: prediction's my prediction's 3 and Rendon's
3: going to make it this year cuz one his se- season's stupid but two all these people are starting to pay more attention to him because it's his contract year and all these yep. people want him. So that's why he's finally getting more attention and he's like the biggest name on the team right now. So he's finally getting some attention.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's so I, I, and and I have to believe that Boris has enough sway. To uh, like basically push Rendon to be an all-star. However, Boris works. He's gonna push Rendon to be an all-star so that the price drives up. Yeah, so he finally has an accolade. Exactly.
2: Yeah, it's ridiculous that he does it. He's
3: yeah, good. but <laughs> who's who's your three?
2: fans taken for granted. Oh yeah, who's your third?
3: Um, Max Soto, uh, Rendon. Oh, okay.
2: I, I have pretty I bold stuff you know, right although here. Although Max doesn't have the wins this year, but his numbers, especially lately, have been absurd.
3: I mean, wins
4: and losses are a stupid stat for pitchers. Change my mind. Yep.
2: They are... Yeah,
4: extremely stupid. But, question. If you... If Strauss gets to, like, a 3 ERA, do you think he's an all-star? He's at a three three six after the win today. No, it's just because I think... Oh well, I mean, a three Ooh, is all-star whoa. material because like league yeah. average is like
3: four-four, yeah. Um, and like a quality start, if you go like six innings, three runs, you have like a four-four-one ERA, four-five. But yeah, like exactly, like that's solid. Um, right. But no, I don't. I don't think he'll get it.
4: No, just wondering.
2: Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I like. I, I think the ones you usually see getting, and you know, the all the ones that get all the attention are the sub-three ERAs. I mean, three isn't a bad ERA by any stretch, but. Generally speaking, the people who get the most attention are the the guys that have the, the sub-3 ERA. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the trade deadline, which I know you guys both have strong. <coughs> um, Heyman wrote an article this week. Brian, you want to um, talk a little bit about it and let the listeners know in case they
3: Yes. So the Nats are in the dilemma right now. Um, It's not a dilemma. It's very clear what they need to do. But for the Nationals, it is. Um, They have the 28th-ranked farm system. They're the second-oldest team in baseball. And they're stuck financially. And they also have some contracts that are going to kill them. And then the fourth place, you sell. To the extent the Nats are going to sell, that's the big question, which has been a very hot topic. But John Heyman wrote an article where he he was saying that um, the Nationals are having internal conversation about Max Scherzer being available at the deadline. He did say that his source said that things would have to continue how they are or get worse for them to even consider it. But to me, the fact that they're even considering having this conversation is pretty encouraging because they have to unload everyone this off, like this deadline. Like this isn't a debate. <laughs> like, They have to unload. You cannot keep that Max and Strauss contract because those are going to bite you in the ass very, very soon. Like, you have to get younger. (laughs) You have to get younger, and you have to rejuvenate this farm system, and the Nats have the dudes for it. And Heyman was the first person who said that the Nats are having this conversation about Max because other people kind of speculate about it. MLB Network has. And everyone's been like, oh, they won't do it. But Heyman's sources, Heyman, who's a Boris puppet, his sources is saying that the Nationals are having this conversation about Max. And, like, if Max gets traded, people are going to lose their absolute mind. But it would suck, but it needs to happen. Like, Is Max the Boris client? He's yeah. not, but the entire, like, organization is. Yeah, I I have to agree with
2: you, Ryan, that this isn't a debate. It's absolutely a debate, and I think there are good arguments to be made against trading Max. I think you could say they need to sell, and there are other contracts they can think about unloading, but I don't don't know that there's no debate about Max. Max is the only thing they really have left, especially if Rendon leaves, that puts butts in seats, for one thing, and he's the first guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer who is going to be a gnat if they keep him on for the majority of his contract and i think those intangibles are important especially to a team that doesn't have a lot of other superstars and but I, I when
3: you're when you're a franchise that is one of the worst far- has no farm system whatsoever you're at the end of your run sowing may or may not being the first hall of famer isn't a reason to keep someone. you're running a business your a goal is to succeed game. you
2: don't have to sell everybody to restock the farm system you can sell some people and keep some i mean you don't you don't have to it's not just a complete either or you know you can still retain some of there are some people who are important that you hang on to i think you know a team with as much money to spend as the Nats have, that they're willing to, and basically they're willing to go this year up to the luxury tax and next year maybe past it because it will have reset by then. Like when, when you're a team that doesn't have money, then you have to do a full sale to rebuild. But when you're a team that has plenty of money and can sign people and can spend, then you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a complete teardown in order to rebuild your
1: property. I mean, they have where, a lot... where do you
3: get that money from? Because like. I was then. just going to say, oh, they have a thing, lot of Dozier money coming off the books. Russell.
4: That I mean, no, but they have a lot of money coming off the books next year with uh, Declining Zim's op- option and then, yeah, Rosenthal, Dozier, and then Rendon. Um, yep. But the the point still is you have a lot of money invested in your top three in the rotation, and this has nothing to do with the value. Obviously, they're all more than likely going to be worth the money you're paying it's with the max and the Strauss deals in particular the way they're structured it's going to time and time again hurt us we're going to be in the same position we are this year where they're just taking up so much of the cap that we can't afford to spend extra but i
2: think that actually makes them less areas. valuable as trade pieces because nobody is going to want to take on those contracts completely they're going to have to retain some of that
4: money no that's not the NAPS. No, the Nats refuse to go past the luxury tax. But you think a team like the Yankees care about the luxury tax? If they get Max Scherzer to go in a World Series, they're going to do it. They don't care. That's a, that's why the Yankees will win championships and the Nats won't. The Nats, right? Like, but so, I think
2: next year they might be willing to go past the tax. It resets up. W- why year, would you? Why would you
4: think, would you think that? Like, what have they done that because makes you think they're willing to go past the tax? Because but, like, they've done it. Here's Here's the thing. But then so, why didn't they do it this year?
2: Well, this year they want to reset it. Obviously, it's very important to them to have a year under so that they can reset the, the numbers. Yeah, so they want to pay 1.2 million. What they're doing. Yeah. But you know, I'm just saying, I don't think that a team with the kind of money to spend that the Nats have, with the money that's coming off their books next year, especially because it doesn't look like Rendon's getting re-signed. So that's coming off, too. And, you know, with that kind of money and you know, the kind of money they're willing to spend, then I, I don't see why you would have to do something as drastic as trading Max in
4: order to... Well, who who would who would they sign next year that they have all this money? I mean, because, like, more and more you're seeing the extensions, and if we don't think Rendon's going to be your sign, then that doesn't leave us with many options. It leaves us with, like, Garrett Cole and Marcelo Zuna are, like, the headliners, and after that, it it's a huge drop-off. You also have to yeah, look it, at, like, The landscape of
3: your division. The Braves have the third youngest roster in baseball and they also have this like the third best farm system. The Phillies are the youngest team in baseball and they have a top 10 farm system. The torch has been passed. Like this is your eighth year trying to contend. You cannot have eight straight years of trading every single prospect you have and spending $200 million. It doesn't work like that. Like no team in sports contends that long. Yankees sold and rebuilt. A couple of years ago, the Red Sox had two rebuildings, and they've also won two World Series because of that. Like, it sucks, but like, drastic things need to happen for this team to actually have a future and to be able to contend down the road. Because, of, as of right now, this franchise has zero future, and they're not going to contend next year. So, like Doolittle, Rendon, Dozier, Bearclaw, got Howie, guys like that—they're the obvious people to move. But and, if you well, want to have a conversation, people. exactly, but. You can if but you good, too, If you're not going to resign
2: him, you should be able to get a haul for Rendon. I just I don't want to see them trade Max. I think Max is too
4: important. Well, so one trade. Well, if you don't want to see him that like get traded, that's one thing. But it doesn't mean the, it's not sick. the right thing to do.
2: Yeah, I just think you can, in some say, way, like, you can see there would be benefits to it, but there are also there are also it's a detriment in a lot of ways. Out aside from just losing his arm in the rotation, it and will be I, a
3: detriment, but. Then everyone remember oh, the Nats just got five quality players for him who are going to help this team win in more ways than Max will be able to, who when, is going to be 35 and 36 the rest of his contract.
4: Would you rather see Max finish his, let's call it, four years? Let's say he has four years left. Would you rather him finish those four years as a NAT or win a World Series in 2025?
2: I think that's a false choice, but I no. think.
4: I mean, I, I'm I, don't, to say, I don't, I don't think, think it is.
2: that trading Max is going to be enough. By you know, that saying if you trade Max, but
4: look, I mean, series, look at the but. Braves. Look, Ryan said the torch has been oh. passed. We thought they were done after Acuna and Albie's, and then Austin Riley comes out of nowhere, providing power like that they sorely needed. Prospects right. are the future, and like, of
2: course, spending and you can get prospects in a lot of ways. Strangled that don't by these contracts
4: is not letting you do anything.
2: Well, there are lots so of. I'm other, not there say, are of guys I'm not arguing trade.
4: to trade him, but I mean, I don't think and you I'm not can't even arguing just be against like, a
2: rebuild. I'm just saying Max you, to me but, would be sacrosanct. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be willing to trade Max. Max would be The
4: point choice. is, you can't just say, "Oh, I don't want to trade him," like that. That that's not an argument. Like that's just like if you want to argue that I mean, Max means a lot to the franchise. That yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah, the argument is that a rebuild is a good idea and they have a lot of they have a lot of pieces they can use to do that, but I think that you, you rebuild around Max
4: and I mean, Fiat we've guys, seen this and time and can time again. you time rebuild
2: Strasburg and Cor- Corbin? Verlander went I mean, yeah, over to the started-
4: Tigers and they traded the Tigers traded Verlander, the Royals traded Renky. This happens time and time again. It's just business. Like it's just the business. It's nothing personal. Max has meant a lot. He's still going to mean a lot when like yeah, he goes elsewhere and retires.
2: When they, yeah, I suppose. The Royals won a
3: World they're, Series.
2: They're a, yeah, I know. I'm just saying. They went to two <laughs> World that.
3: Series and they won one.
2: I'm just saying they, I mean, I know that there are lots of things that you can do to, to stock up your farm system. I'm just thinking they can do a lot of other things other than trade Max. I think that in a, in a fan base that is already kind of pissed off about the way things have gone this season. And they're, I think they're going to have a lot of trouble next year selling season tickets and getting people into the stadium that you trade away max and you're
4: gonna i mean they already are and max is still on the team and attendance is down a lot honestly
2: i mean you can tell when when you're running a game it's not feel the same
3: well it's never felt good there but when you're running a business what f the fans like f the fans and selling tickets you have to do what's best and like if you can put max out there and like you can get the freaking world for him, and if you mix that with trading Doolittle, Rendon, and other people, like your twenty-eighth ring farm system is probably a top five farm system in baseball. You also just cleared up seventy million dollars over the next two seasons. Also lose to the deferred payments and stuff. Um, it's just like it would suck trading him, but I think you got to dangle him out there. But you I don't really got the world there. for
2: him. I mean, you could get a you could get a good package for him, no doubt. I'm not, you know, that's that's without. Argument, but the same reasons you think it might be a good idea to trade him, like he's thirty five, thirty six years old for the rest of his contract. He's got all these deferred payments. I mean, that stuff's going to factor into the package that you get back. So you know, or they're going to ask the Nats to retain some of that salary. Whoever. Tra- well, oh points.
3: yeah, they're they're going to because it just contract, depends on like... the deal,
2: right? So if you're, you're not a account, going account, to pay off the books anyway.
3: Yeah. It's- yes, but like you're going to have to eat it. Like that's just how it works. But like you put him out there, and the teams like we can uh, add him to our championship roster, Max Scherzer for a playoff run, people are going to be pretty open to taking on more money than not. And, like, it's just, you have to factor in with how he's pitching. People are going to be a little more lenient with that. Like, Padres Twitter, like, every single Padres writer has written a million different pieces about what the Padres should offer for Max Scherzer. The Yankees people have done the same thing. Yeah, I've seen It's a lot because, like, Yankees yeah, like, it's Max Scherzer, like, from a fan's POV, like, it would suck. But from a business point of view, adding him, if the Nats successfully do the trade deadline and have other people, I would be ecstatic because it would be – the Nats would be the biggest winners of the deadline by far.
4: And as you can just see just you from the, the, the three, whole, three you guys of us talk from right profit. here, you, but you can see from the three of us right here, like, you're never going to make every single fan happy. Like, so you just need to do what's best for the team, and what's best for the team is selling, and that includes max, and it it doesn't mean just like soaking up the mediocrity with Max being the lone bright spot for the next like four years,
2: yeah, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree i don't think I don't think that mm. keeping Max means you have to accept mediocrity for the next year.
1: my biggest year. six, to death
4: six years six years so I mean my biggest we have, year. we have nothing to show for his contract. And that's the truth. He has accolades, and they're great, but we as a team have zero to show for spending money well, or making trades the that playoffs, we do.
2: That's, but there are four that's all
4: that matters. That's literally all that matters. I, I don't I will trade Cy Youngs, no-hitters, all that hitters. stuff for success in the playoffs, because that's all that matters. And I guarantee you that's all that Max wants, too.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I was just pointing it out.
3: My biggest what fear is that they fear, don't do it right? at the deadline, and they turn into the San Francisco Giants because Giants have no yeah. farm, the oldest roster. They're stuck financially, and they're still, they're like crap. We and Mad Bum
4: has like zero trade value now.
3: Well, they'll 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 get a good amount for him. Like his trade value is as high. I mean, as like, like lives, less like,
4: compared to what it was. Obviously yeah, I'm like he's a good but... trade piece
3: right now. I don't know. I just like. The opportunity is there, even if even the Nats keep Max. Like the opportunity is there to have a very, very good trade deadline by selling these pieces because the Nats have the pieces to get great returns. Just freaking do it. The Learners, please don't hold
2: back. Please. I mean, the yeah, Nats, Nats going to do what, what they've done last year with Bryce.
4: The Nats are going to do Sorry, what they've done for the past like eight years or however long it's been. They're going to do what they feel like they have to do and nothing more. It's all they're going to do. So we're just going to well, be a media we'll team until these what contracts are, these are done.
2: Seven weeks till the deadline, so we'll know before too much longer.
4: I
3: love trade deadline season, so I'm pretty excited. So,
2: yeah, it can, it can so be fun. It's the day fun, before my birthday. It can suck.
3: I, I just love trades. You
2: trade. just love you trades. Ask my fantasy, trades are fun. You
3: ask my fantasy football league, I love
4: trades. <laughs> <laughs> All my trades get on, because my, t- my too league hates work. me. <laughs> I play fancy baseball.
2: Do you? I, I, I just, I never check time. it.
4: Like, oh, I'll, I'll do fans. all the drafts and everything, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, Ryan just likes drafting.
2: That's not a recipe for success, right?
4: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but drafting is so much fun.
2: <laughs> and then the people play with you are like, damn, where is this guy? All right. so. Uh, Let's move on to our Twitter questions for the week. Our first one is from at underscore Nick Marr, who said, what bullpen pieces do the Nats acquire? Because you know they will. Um, What do
3: you guys think? So um, that is a good question because Shaq guarantee the Nats make a trade for a reliever before July 1st, you heard here 1st. Um, they're gonna do like what they did last year. They're gonna try to find some like veteran who's like not gonna be that like cost efficient with the prospects. So just find a reliever on any team who's having ERA below three and they're gonna try to trade for him. Um I haven't done like any research or anything to look at names, but Jose LeClerc, I keep saying it,
4: they're gonna trade for him eventually. Jose LeClerc, you heard it here first. I don't All right i don't see that one happening just because he's under contract for uh, what like four oh, he's years, so good. four or five yeah <laughs> uh isn't his era like five this year
3: hey man he's like 23 <laughs> so uh, i don't see
2: that one asshole,
4: <laughs> um <laughs> no they, they will make a trade for reliever because they always do and it'll be wrong um The only names I I can think of right now is like Alex Colomay or even Kelvin Herrera from the White Sox. But I think Rizzo's too like butthurt from losing the Adam Eaton trade to trade with the White Sox again because he's afraid of getting fleeced. Again. Um, so I don't see that one happening. So just pick someone random and we'll probably trade for him.
2: Pick someone random with a sub four or four and a half ERM. Anybody like
4: that. Yeah, and it's a name you've heard of before, but but you probably can't quite place it. Not in, the in like the past three years. <laughs> yeah, like we'll probably trade for like Krod Lucas or Gialito. something.
2: Lucas Giolito. I think he might be. The price might be a little steep for him. I uh,
4: will trade right. you Adam Eaton for Giolito, Lopez, and Dunning. <laughs> <Yeah>. Ouch!
2: <laughs> All right. Our next question is from at any honey dizzle. Is Tanner Rainey for real? We touched
4: on Rainey earlier. <laughs> but, like,
3: all signs point to yes right now. Like, it's it's so weird. Like, maybe maybe this new pitching coach, I'm blanking on his name right now, so I do apologize to everyone. Ben Hart. But, like, yeah. Maybe he's actually having a success with people. And, like, he's doing well with Rainey. And, like, they found something that the Reds missed. Like, that happens all the time. Like, Geo struggled here, went to the Brewers. And the brewers are like, stand all the way on the right side of the rubber and then suddenly Gio's pitching pretty solid. So maybe they found something with him that's clicking and he's developing more and he's gonna be legit. But well Which is so
4: funny to me that literally literally the problem with Geo is like stand here, not there in Geo space. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> that's all it no. took all right.
0: like,
4: <laughs> no 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 coach on the nats got that <laughs> all the brewers had to do was stand here <laughs> he was good they Didn't watched to change one anything bowl. else
3: they watched one oh, bullpen concession and were like stand on this side of the rubber
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. all oh right my God.
2: Our next question is from at, this is a great name, at Mango Jewel Pods. Is <laughs> Howie Kendrick better than Barry Bonds? Sorry, I can't even
3: finish. Yes. Uh, yes, because Barry Bonds, the amount of times his team hit back-to-back-to-back home runs, zero. The amount uh, of times Howie Kendrick's back. been involved it's in it?
2: Four times. Oh
3: my god, I'm the worst. Yes. The amount of times that the Nats have done with Howie Kendrick, one. Change my mind.
4: Yeah, yeah, and Howie Kendrick didn't need performance-enhancing drugs. So whoa, whoa, whoa! Barry Bonds never tested
3: positive for banned substance, so he did not cheat. Change my mind. Um.
4: Uh. Well, Howie Kendrick's Kendrick's still on on a team, so he's better than Barry Bonds. Crap. Wow. Wow.
2: (laughs) Your mind has changed. So, uh, in answer to your question, Mr. Mango, no, Howie Kendrick. Although we love
4: him, (laughs) Mr. It's Mr. Dual Pods. (laughs) Thank you,
0: Mr. (laughs) Mango. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus! Okay. Sorry, and... Mango. <laughs> is anybody else thinking of the night at the Rocks? Where it's just me. Okay. Anyway, nope. um, our it's time for <laughs> our worst tweet of the week. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much.
2: All right, the mo- I.E. the monthly comments toward Mad Bomb. At Phil You're yeah, not supposed to
4: read that part. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought that was part of the tweet. I'm like, what the hell is this? Okay. At well, Phil San- if... underscore <laughs> Sanchez says, uh, Ma- Max Muncy is hitting 278, which means that he fails at hitting said ball more than 70% of the time. But, you know, let the kids have fun. So is he saying that a 278 is a so, bad batting average?
4: Yeah. If, this, if three 300 is like the plateau, like the the bar you want to hit to like be considered like having a good season at the plate and you still fail 70% of the time 400 is like a godly number and you still fail 60% right. of the time like that's just baseball right. so phil, so dumb phil is a yeah, like, is huge giants fan. fan he
3: he's like a news reporter in the San Francisco Bay area and in case oh, you he's guys didn't see guy? it.
2: That's not just some he's... rando on Twitter.
3: No, no. This is a verified account who actually tweeted this. And in case you guys didn't see it, uh, Muncie hit a moonshot into the bay off of Mad Bum and admired it. And Mad Bum told him, go run. And then Muncie said, go get the ball out of the ocean. So this was the response to the <laughs>
2: greatest Bridget. comeback
4: of all time. <laughs> yeah, Muncie buried Mad Bum in the ocean with that ball. <laughs>
2: yes, fatality. <Hey>, we... <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah like this is just bad
3: he's wasted oh my God. he got ratioed so hard on this tweet <laughs> yeah
2: that's a terrible tweet
3: i all told right, him his kids well, hated him
2: oh that's not taking it too far at all
3: okay like his bias said, proud dad and i'm like oh there's no way your kids are proud of you that's
2: uh yeah it might be it might be taking it a bit far Ryan.
3: Well, i want him to block me and block me wow.
2: <laughs> all right all right gonna, oh, nick god. is gonna pass out from laughing over this. so before we go i do want to just um give a quick update on the david Orton. your
0: kids okay. hate you
2: all right settle down
4: <laughs> oh god
2: um it looks like Ooh. he was shot in the leg and his father says he's taken to the hospital but they
4: phil sanchez <laughs> david ortiz <laughs> <laughs> oh i didn't hear that part i was like
0: whoa oh, you were <laughs> well, <didn't> <laughs> all
4: right
3: good wow um
4: anyway
2: so um that's crazy Yeah, you know, everybody's sending good vibes to david ortiz it's terrible
3: um, thoughts and prayers
2: thoughts and prayers hopefully he's going to be okay all right well um thank you guys Damn, he you got, got
3: robbed else? and then shot no yeah, um a
2: robbery and then the shooting after. I'm like, tries to rob you think he's like a well-known hero in the Dominican Republic I can't believe anybody and
4: he's like you know. for the most part well-loved even yeah. by non red Sox fans though not Whoever that that was that like,
2: shot him better it's get justified
4: off that <laughs> yeah not that it's justified anyways but like that's just surprising
2: yeah that's awful well prayers to him hope he's gonna be all right um you guys got anything else
4: no, I've got um, I, nothing, hope
3: everyone, zero, I hope everyone zip, enjoys
4: nada. the trade deadline debate. I thought that was a good debate.
2: Yes, I thought that
4: Yeah, was we sure. haven't had one of those in a while.
2: Yeah. Yep, a good argument is always entertaining.
4: <laughs> Especially when we right, win. Well, good you,
3: job, Ryan. You guys I just high-fived you. <laughs> we know we always won the
2: mana. So sweet to each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think. <laughs> Barring any other snide comments, that'll do it for us. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening, as always. Please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Um, you can get me on Twitter at white 7877 You can find Nick and Ryan at Natchack. And you can find the show at Half Street High Heat. Um, don't forget to check out the DMV Sports Network at dmvsportsnetwork.com. Follow them on Twitter at SN. And if you're interested in being part of the team, be sure to reach out to them via DM on Twitter or through the website uh, appreciate it. You guys have a good night. Talk to you next week.
3: Love you guys. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Aw,
2: love you guys too. Bye. Give bridge now.